Hey, welcome to Trains Live, the Trains.com podcast. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains. Hey, welcome to Trains Live. I'm Bob Lettenberger, Associate Editor for Trains Magazine. We are going to the dining car today, and as you probably have heard, legend and lore of railroad dining cars, the food was spectacular, the service was outstanding, and we're going to share a little bit of that food with you today. Yeah, we actually have a authentic dining car recipe that we're going to produce and, and sample here as we go along. But today's show, man, this is this is bigger than just one chef. So I got to got to bring in a, a bud to help me out here today. Um, welcome, Bryson Sleppy. He's associate editor for Model Road. You even got the the dots on here. I got man. my own apron. Yeah, you said, you know, don your apron. You there told you go. me to. So wow. I got my own apron. Fantastic. Um, like I said, we're going. Going to the dining car today. Okay, model railroader guy, you brought your dining car. I with have you. to bring a dining car with me, Bob. <laughs> if we're talking food and we're talking dining car food, I got to bring an example, right? Absolutely. You know? So I think that I think Bryson, the thing that we want to understand is that the the recipe that we're going to make today. First off, it's it's Illinois Central fruit upside down pudding, and the the discerning traveler on the Illinois Central. If you saw this on the menu. Man, go light on the main course because you're going to want to try this at the end. But the the point I want to make is that this food would be produced while the train was moving in route. And I'm looking at your dining car here, and probably a 48 seat dining car. Yeah, I'd say 48 okay. seat probably. So where is the kitchen on this thing? So Bob, if you take a look at the windows here, okay. We got the, you know, your regular windows over here, but then you have the bar windows. Oh, This okay. is where the kitchen was. Okay. Because, you know, they didn't really, they're not looking out at the countryside while they're cooking and baking no. their food. My, no. My, my nose is on my fry pan. And, and yeah. you, as a patron of that railroad, would hope that they're paying more attention. attention to baking and cooking than okay. the cows that are going by on the Illinois Central. Okay. But also, there's a lot of exhaust vents down here. There aren't any down here. Okay. So, you know, in a kitchen, it gets very warm. You have a lot of, you know, you know, just stuff coming from the stove, coming mm -hmm. from the oven. You need an exhaust fan. Okay. So that's what, you know, you can really okay. differentiate each part of the car from the exterior. Now, I'm also guessing the car is probably about 80 feet long. And if I'm looking at it, here's our, our seating section. Here's the kitchen. Now we gotta have a vestibule at the end to get to the other car here. That kitchen can't be all that big. No, it's probably about a third of the length of the car. So we're looking maybe 16 to 20 feet at most. Also, keep in mind, Bob, that the passengers still had to get from one end of the car to the other. So there is still a small hallway, oh which God. takes up a little bit of that width. It's about you know three feet of width on one side of the car. 
that your passengers are going around on. So, so they're not even using the entire width of the car. So we're working in a kitchen that's basically about seven, seven and a half feet by maybe 16 to 20 feet long. Yeah, no, it's not big at all. We're going to be real buddies <laughs> in this process, aren't we? Yeah, all right. So that's where we're. That's where we would be cooking if we were actually out on a dining car on the road. Um, we have things, of course, a little more spread out in the studio today, but let's get at it. This is going to be Illinois Central Fruit Upside Down Pudding. If you are familiar with pineapple upside down cake, kind of the same principle. And something to understand also, puddings can be the soft, spoonable dessert that we all think of, but a pudding can also be a very soft, cake-like dessert. All right? Okay. So, your first mission here, building from the what will eventually be the top down, in this case, bottom up. That makes we sense. We have a 13 by 9 pan. Go ahead, Bryson, if you would, and we need to butter the bottom of the pan. And folks, in doing the recipe, you're going to notice that there it is straight ingredients. Um, there will be a few things that the railroads economized on, like when we get to the fruit cocktail in a moment, um, to save a little bit of labor and space on the car. They would have had, well, canned fruit cocktail. Um, they're also using marchino cherries in the recipe. Now, that one we gotta, we got to give the railroads a slide on. Who, who doesn't like marchino cherries? That's, that's like a given. <laughs> so we got, we got Bryson buttering the bottom of the pan, and this is mainly to make sure that it doesn't stick, but also it's going to create a really nice kind of ooey-gooey, caramely sort of... Uh, You're going to caramelize yeah, the top exactly. of this because the bottom yep. is going to become the top. You got yeah. it. Uh, yes. Now, am I doing the sides too just or just the bottom? The bottom? Just okay. the bottom because as we as the, the batter cooks, we want it to be able to pull away naturally, which is another sign as to when it's it's done. All okay. right. Looks like you got that baby buttered up pretty good here. Yeah. All right. And next thing, next thing is going to be um, some brown sugar. We need to uh, add some brown sugar into the bottom there. Now, when you put your brown sugar in, and this is going to be a cup of brown sugar, um, just as Bryson got into it with his clean hands uh, with the butter, Take this brown sugar and and you use your fingers. Work some of those lumps out of this. So cover that bottom evenly with, with brown the brown sugar. sugar. Yes. All right. And of course, as we said, as this is going to melt, this is going to make a wonderful caramely uh, top for our pudding. You know, you can imagine. You see, just starting what we're going through here, doing this in a moving dining car. Um, prepared fresh every day, you know, the, the crew would be up early. Early. Early, yes. early. And this would be the sort of preparation that they would be doing before the passengers uh, even arrived for breakfast. Pies, cakes, rolls. And you wonder where they put all that stuff because, you know, they're not, I mean, I don't know, are you eating fruit upside down cake for breakfast? No, but we've got, no, we've got to have somewhere in that kitchen to store it. And, and, you know, that's the, the thing we really can't see on a model. The economy of space in that kitchen is just incredible. Oh, yeah. Every little nook and cranny is being used uh, for some kind of storage, for some kind of equipment. And the railroads and the builders of those cars were really good at, you know, really doing that. And, you know... It was a puzzle. Yeah, it was a puzzle. And they, they figured it out just beautifully. Yeah, absolutely. 
So a cup of brown sugar going on to the bottom of our buttered pan. Also, folks, you know, someday say to your doctor, I'll tell you, hey, don't <laughs> use the butter. Look, I'm not a physician here, but, you know, butter's got a certain taste to it that just beats out margarine. Uh, also, if you want to do this as an authentic recipe, Use the use the real ingredients. Don't don't sub out the the butter. Use the the actual butter there. This is uh, a very hands-on recipe. Yes, it is. it is. Yes, it is. Absolutely, you get to you get to become very acquainted with your your food here. You do so. All right. So as we get the rest of that in there, Bryson, the next thing that you are going to put in there, sprinkle across the bottom there, and I can take your bowl out of the way. You're going to put on there now a half cup of Marchino cherries. And let's uh, can I get that a little bit better. All right. So I'm going to sprinkle on a half cup of Marchino cherries. Half cup of these. Yep, just divide those beautiful out. Beautiful Marchino <laughs> cherries. Hey, little tip here from Uncle Bobby. Your Marchino cherries, save the juice, mix them up with a cola on your own oh. your own cherry cola little treat for the chef folks i can taste that there in you my go. mouth right now yeah so half cup of marchino cherries going on to the brown sugar um, which right now is on the bottom of our illinois central fruit upside down pudding and which will eventually will become eventually the top. be the, yep. from the top yeah now once bryson has these on there the star of the show, the fruit cocktail goes on. And as I said, you know, uh, most of the red ingredients are going to be fresh ingredients. We're using the real deal. But fruit cocktail, the labor to make a fruit cocktail on the road is going to just take up too much time. Yeah. So this is where we end up with some canned uh, fruit. And I think the neat thing about the, the railroads was the creativity that they used to put a can item in every now and then. And know? if you look into, like, you have your Union Pacific cookbook over there. Um, Which we'll talk about a little more yes, later on. Yes. If you look at these recipes that the railroads have been using, and I'm assuming they're still using on Amtrak and stuff like that, mm -hmm. they're using their ingredients to their advantage. They're using yes. the same ingredients in multiple meals or in yep. multiple entrees. Absolutely. They're, you know, they're really efficiency. Efficiency is key when it is comes to this to industry. Absolutely. All right. So, brown sugar, marchino cherries, fruit cocktail down there on the bottom. Look at that. There we go. Beautiful. Now, we got to get to our, basically, the pudding part of this. In our mixing bowl, we are going to start with three cups of flour, just regular all-purpose flour. We are going to add into that three teaspoons of baking powder. What's that going to do to this, Bob? That is, it's a pudding. That is going to get it to rise and give it a little bit of fluff. Otherwise, it would, would sit down and be incredibly dense. Okay. I'm going to show you another couple of secrets here in just okay. a moment yeah. here. We're going to throw in a half a teaspoon of salt. Okay. Once you've got those ingredients in, cup and a half of sugar. And I'm going to mention one other thing for everybody here. Um, we're making basically a double recipe because we've got a 13 by 9 pan. If you want to do smaller, so like just an 8 by 8 pan, just, just cut this in half. Okay. okay. All right. So we've got our dry ingredients in. You can sift these in or, like I'm doing, take with a fork and get that all nicely mixed around in there. Get those ingredients incorporated. 
and you should have a little mixing music. You know? A little mixing music, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, your wet ingredients. You can mix these separately and then add them. Um, I like to just kind of take and make a little bit of an indentation right there in the dry ingredients and mix those in. We've got a cup and a half of milk right into the bowl there. We are also going to be adding a teaspoon of vanilla. Ooh. Yes. Listen, on the vanilla, if you want to put in a pinch more, that's a place where you can kind of fudge just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and listen, use good vanilla. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. All right. We have two eggs going in. Now, you had asked about the baking powder. Yes. Here's something else. As this will rise nicely, if you also want a little moister pudding, instead of using, like, large eggs, get the jumbos okay yeah get the jumbos that little bit of extra egg is going to make it just wonderfully moist now at this point what i like to do is get those eggs kind of broken up Beat the eggs yeah yep get them started off start incorporating here and there's a reason for doing that at this particular point you are next going to be adding a half a cup of melted butter if you've cooked before, you know that if you have hot butter and you're going to put it in with those eggs, you've got to kind of temper it. Mm -hmm. If not, we're going to end up with scrambled, scrambled eggs, eggs yes, within our pudding. Yes. So we have our melted butter. It's melted. This is actually cool a little bit, so this is just perfect. But we'll add it in kind of gradually, uh, incorporate it with those eggs, get some more of the dry ingredients mixed in there. And again, we're at a good temperature, so we're not going to have a problem uh, with creating scrambled Scramble. eggs within our pudding here. Be a bad thing. That'd be disgusting. I think that would get a chef put on somebody's desk. Well, he might get kicked <laughs> off the train at yes. the next stop. <laughs> All right. So we get our batter nicely incorporated here. And... Use a fork like I'd like to do. Use a whisk. That would uh, would also work. You know, the big uh, the big mixing spoon would also be good. Then we need to dispatch with that device, and we're going to switch over to the spatula here. And what we want to do at the end here is and make sure everything's incorporated. Get down to the bottom of the bowl. Get it all nicely mixed up. And again, you know, you think about. We're doing this in a studio at Kalmbach Media Headquarters, but doing this on a train. Well, it's on a train. Yes. Probably on jointed rail. So we're bouncing uh, up and down. Yep. Also, keep in mind, <laughs> keep in mind, mm -hmm. they have ovens going. They have stoves going probably most of the time. So you're not, only, you're not only concentrating on this, but you're trying to keep your balance so you don't fall over and injure yourself. And how many people do you think that they had back there? Maybe two? I'm thinking in a good in a kitchen on a 48-seater, probably four to six. Four to six, okay. In that little space. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing into our, our batter here, um, walnuts. Ooh. We have yes, we have here a cup of chopped walnuts. Now, I want to be authentic in your recipes, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a confession here. I made this one time, and I subbed in pecans because I didn't have walnuts. Illinois Central didn't do that. 
pecans were really tasty. Use the walnuts to be authentic. To but be if, authentic. You wanna, if you want to go, if you want to go out on a limb, throw in some pecans. So, a couple walnuts in there. We will get that all nicely incorporated. Yeah, don't over beat your batter here. Just make sure everything is nicely, nicely incorporated. And you should have a very smooth batter. All right, also very tasty. So oh, yeah, it looks good right here. <laughs> All right, into our pan we go. And yeah, Bryson grabbed that great. All right, let's get it all poured in here. Meanwhile, your oven, preheat that to 350 degrees. Um, as you are baking this, make sure that you do uh, check it fairly regularly um, with all that sugar uh, on the bottom there. Um, it can have a tendency, if you forget it in there, you will you will be disappointed with your Ooh, results. Yeah, you don't you, want to do that. You want to make this right the first time because yes. you're going to be really hungry after working <laughs> on it. So get your batter. Uh, make sure it is nice and even into the corners here. Um, probably a little more attention being paid here than than we would on the the train itself um, because when they would serve this when the railroad would serve this um, they're gonna actually cut off those edges okay just like the crusts on your PB and J they're gonna oh, cut do those they big, really yeah, cut the edges off they would of cut those the edges off yep just to make it so all right so there we have our Illinois Central fruit upside down pudding this one is ready to go into the oven. Um, preheated, remember, to 350 degrees. You're going to cook this for, depending on your oven, for about 30 to 45 minutes. Um, put it in for 25 first, okay. start checking it, and that last bit, you're gonna check it um, maybe every two to three minutes. It's done when you can insert a toothpick in the middle, and that comes out clean. And are you putting this in the middle, the top, the bottom of your oven? Does it really? I'm going in the middle rack, okay? okay? That way we'll get some nice heat over the top. We also don't burn the bottom yeah, down there yeah. by the by the element. And folks, if you've got a convection oven, no, no, you want to bake this nicely so it rises slowly and gets that thick, rich, wonderful sort of flavor. Oh yeah. Okay, so now that I said that, you probably would like to try some. Absolutely. Okay. Let's go. Let's let's see what we can do here. So. Oh my gosh, Bob. <laughs> when she comes out of the oven, that is what your Illinois Central fruit upside down pudding is going to be looking like. And the next step, when it comes out of the oven, one of the first things you need to do is take that pan that you have it baked in, take a regular cookie sheet like I have here, and you need to flip this over. Because mm -hmm. remember, this was the bottom that you made with the brown sugar. Folks, when you flip it over, be careful. Hot pads, make sure you know where you are in your kitchen. Um, make sure you've got a good grip on it. Um, I will admit, I have had one go sideways on me one time. That's a <laughs> not, sad day. That's not, that's I, I feel sad. bad no, for no, you no. right now. Yeah. <laughs> but 
this is what you will end up with. And then, as I mentioned, you know, if we're serving this on the railroad, if this is in the dining car, um, you know, no problem with putting it on a cookie sheet. It's not the fanciest, but folks aren't going to see that cookie sheet. What they are going to see with uh, the the edges trimmed off here, and we'll see if we can get that to look like the Illinois Central would. You know, they would take that edge off so that you would have a nice clean portion there. And then, oh, you gotta, you gotta make sure you, you get a good piece. Yes, all right. And we'll skip the other edge there, but then cut her there and in here. All right, and then a plate there. And then, on the top, a dollop, a significant dollop of whipped cream. Um, if you are whipping your cream, go ahead. That I'm going to have you have that one. <laughs> I will take a piece without the whipped cream. Oh, you're going without the whipped I, cream. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. Not authentic, but that's uh, all right. I know. Here's your form. <laughs> Thank you. You know, if you are doing, um, if you're actually whipping your cream, Make sure you put a little powdered sugar into there. Okay. A little more vanilla in there. And if you, you know, really want to get fancy, besides just a dollop, you could actually take and pipe your, your cream on there as as well. All right. Let us see what we Cheers. have created here. Yes, Illinois Central Fruit Upside Down Pudding. Mmm. Moist. Mm -hmm. Nice chew to it. Oh, that fruit and the brown sugar. <laughs> okay. mm -hmm. We did all right on this one. Beautiful. Listen, folks, the recipe for this will be on trains.com. In fact, when you came into the video today, we'll have the recipe posted right on the same page below that video. So... Illinois Central Railroad Fruit Upside Down Pudding. The discerning Illinois Central traveler knew that if this was on the menu, you took and went light on the main course, stayed for this. And all made with pure ingredients. And not a lot of ingredients, that's no. another thing. Very simple, yes, very simple to, to make, very easy to make. This is one of those recipes now coming into the holiday season. If you want to gather the family around, gather the kids around, mm -hmm. grandma, grandpa, and the grandkids, this is a neat thing for them to make. Mm -hmm. So I think what we need to do is step over to Mr. Bob's bookcase, bookshelf, and let's talk a little bit about railroad dining car cookbooks because there is a lot of them out there. There are. And let's thing we're going to do is we'll just kind of let's kind of move this off to the side there. We can have some more later on. Now, railroad dining car cookbooks. There is a couple things that you need to understand about a railroad dining car cookbook. And Bryce and I had mentioned before the Union Pacific uh, dining car cookbook and service instructions. Service instructions. Everything in those dining cars was precise. It was. Even in the book here, they will tell you what sort of china to serve on, how things were to be served, right down to the, the nth degree. Yes. Okay? But the thing to notice, and I'm just going to randomly open 
We're in the section here on seafood and soups, and we happen to be looking at a recipe here for crab meat, shrimp, scallops, or lobster, saute creole um, with green peppers. And as you read through the recipe, it is not a recipe like you would see in a normal cookbook. No, okay? no. The assumption was that the chef on the dining car was well-trained and that they could take a recipe without all of the things that you and I at home would look at and could produce this to the railroad standards. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> now, let's go, let's go by comparison. So there's the official one they're using in the dining car. The next book that I want to show you is this. This is Dining by Rail by James Porterfield. It is still available. You can find it out there. Go or, buy it. Yeah, Pick or, it up. This is a great cookbook. This is the one. Okay, now, what Porterfield has done here, and again, we will randomly open to a recipe. So here we have from the Northern Pacific Railroad, oh, Hawaiian, Hawaiian Pot Roast. The Northern Pacific went nowhere near no, Hawaii. No, no, no. But they have Hawaiian pot roast. You want you want a star piece for your dinner? You go Hawaiian pot roast. But what I wanted you to notice is this: like Bryce and I were saying, here's all the ingredients, as you would see in a regular recipe. Here's all the instructions. Here's all the little tips on the side. Yeah. That was not. In this book, no, no, no. They are here in the home book. If you're a you know a beginner, or just even someone who just you know you're in the kitchen for fun, you know occasionally you like to bake, get something out of this book Absolutely. because it it is so simple. Mm -hmm. Also in dining by rail, Porterfield at the beginning talks about different types dining of dining cars. cars. He goes through the history uh, of dining. You know, dining by rail at the beginning wasn't all that spectacular. No. He stopped at a roadhouse along the way. The food was, well, it wasn't like we had here this morning. It wasn't um, a Texas roadhouse. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> so a lot of neat dining car stories and lore in here as well, as well as a ton of recipes. Dining by Rail, James Porterfield. My favorite part about this book, if you turn to the very end, very end of this book, you have, ah, just about back here, you have, you know, some small railroads. Mm -hmm. Like, you have the, the Monon Railroad. You have the Alaska Railroad. All yes. these railroads had their own, you know, take on recipes. Their own special. Their own special things. Yes. And this isn't, you know, you're not just getting recipes from the Pennsylvania, from the New York Central. You're getting those small regional railroads who probably only had, you know, one or two passenger trains a day. Absolutely. These are their special cantaloupe pie recipes and their buttermilk pancakes. <laughs> I was oh just I was just going to mention that one. You, know, you mentioned small roads. The Texas and Pacific, yes, folks, had a recipe for cantaloupe pie. Just let that sink in for a minute. Cantaloupe pie. That's not the weirdest <laughs> recipe in this book. No, no. <laughs> there there are that, some interesting <laughs> recipes in but here. But you know what? Now that we got everybody's curiosity peak, we got to say this. The Texas and Pacific was trying to curry favor with some Pacific fruit shippers, which ship cantaloupes. And they, in on a special train, one of their uh, chefs, Eddie Pierce, from the Texas and Pacific, developed a pie made with the cantaloupes that these farmers were growing just to curry favor with yes. them. James Porterfield, folks, dining by rail, 
get that one. You Pick can make cantaloupe pie. A lot of folks for, for dining uh, cars and dining in the West have heard of the Harvey Girls uh, that were associated with the Santa Fe roadhouses and hotels. And eventually, um, the Harvey Company did do a dining car service uh, on the Santa Fe. The Harvey House Cookbook. Another good one to take a look at. Um, and as Bryson was mentioning, a recipe specific to certain organizations. This one will have uh, the recipes for uh, the Harvey House and some of the food that they serve. Again, also uh, in the front of the book here, um, some great history uh, on the Harvey girls themselves and what it was like to be a Harvey girl, what they went through. Um, you can also learn about the Harvey House Cup Code here in the book. Okay. Alrighty. So neat one there. Um, also on the bookshelf today. Oh yes, here was the another, another James one. Yeah, Porterfield. There we go. James Porterfield. Now, you know, dining by rail isn't what it used to be. No, okay. but it's still special. Yes, a meal on a train is still is still as you're right. It's still a big deal. There are a number of wonderful um, tourist railroad and short line uh, passenger trains today uh, designed specifically really just for our enjoyment to go take a good train ride. Uh, many of these have dining car service or have a, a meal uh, associated with them. I'm thinking like the Napa Valley wine Napa train, Valley. Oh my, gosh, um, be yeah, my old Kentucky dinner train. Porterfield has compiled recipes from these contemporary dining cars. So you will see in here what current chefs are doing on some of these tourist trains. Again, a book that is, is still available, it's out there. Um, pick this one up or go to your library and get it. Um, but another good one from the dining car by Porterfield. Now, these recipes, I've never looked into this mm -hmm. book. Are they more conventional recipes? Are they using, you know, you know, maybe more specialized ingredients, more modern things, because there's some ingredients in Dining by Rail mm -hmm. that you can't just go out and pick up your grocery <laughs> no, store no. anymore. Yeah, this will be more of a, a contemporary chef's book. Um, you know, when, and you bring up a good point, Bryson, when you're talking about some of the traditional dining cars, um, and you hear the term today, you know, respect for your ingredients. Absolutely. Those original dining cars, there was kind of almost the grassroots of that respect for your ingredients. It was, you know, flour, butter, eggs, like you saw with our pudding here. The, from the dining car, the, the contemporary recipes, you're going to have the contemporary chef's interpretation of some of those ingredients. Still respect for the ingredients, but it's going to be with that that contemporary flair. A you know, flair, yeah. Would you be able to go into a Harvey house and find a, a recipe from from this book? No, probably not. <laughs> All right. But again, a good a good piece of, of work to take a look at to expand your railroad dining. So, folks, heck of a trip to the dining car here today. Illinois Central Fruit Upside Down Pudding. Um, a great recipe for you to make at home. Very simple, um, very neat, very delicious. Um, plenty of good railroad dining car cookbooks out there. Um, many of these available. If not, like I say, you know, hit your library. Remember, if you're doing railroad cooking, you've got to remember that the recipes that were in the official cookbooks were not going to have all the detail that you're going to have in your home 
recipes. So you got to be careful um, and watch for that. Got to grab one more thing off the bookcase here. And um, tell you what, Bryson. Yeah. Pleasure having you aboard this it was morning. Great having you. Good. Thank you, and, Bob. And uh, we'll we'll get you back again, and we'll probably have to cook some more here soon. Yeah. So, um, comebackhobbystore.com, folks. It's getting to be the holiday time. If you need to do a little shopping and whatnot, make sure you visit that comebackhobbystore.com. Hey, thanks for riding along in the dining car. Want to see you behind uh, an issue, or be, see you not behind an issue, but see you on trains.com. Check out our new video section on trains.com. Tons of great video content there for you. We'll see you there. And yeah, we also want to see you, well, right behind an issue of Trains Magazine. Thanks for watching. This has been Trains Live. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive routing news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains.